Atomic Radio Hour, the show that dives into the wreckage of this post-apocalyptic, the post-nuclear podcast. I am your host, Vince, and I'm also here with... Your narratively rich host, Declan. And we have a special guest with us today. Hello, my name is Ken. Uh, Ken, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Uh, long walks on the beach and... <laughs> no. Um, I'm the host and writer, uh, actor, editor, producer, everything uh, mm-hmm. for Chad, a Fallout 76 story. It's uh, a podcast that uh, is a dark humor storytelling podcast that takes place in the Fallout 76 world. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, what I like to do with all of our guests is we just get into some quick rapid fire questions just to get a feel Ooh, we're on the uh, 20 questions games again? Uh, it's a little more than 20 this time, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> so I'm just going to go through. You could take as much time or as little time, and if you want to skip, you can just say next. We'll just run right through them. All right. Uh, what's your name? Ken. How old are you? Uh, 39. Favorite Fallout and why? Ooh. <sighs> New Vegas slightly more than Fallout 3. Fallout 3 was my first entry into the series. Uh, but New Vegas, uh, the storyline and Robert House and that whole area, just I loved the atmosphere. Okay. Uh, lemonade or iced tea? Uh, lemonade. What's your middle initial? N. Uh, your, what's your favorite cereal? Uh, Frosted Mini Wheats. Top five albums of all time. Ooh. Beatles White Album. Uh, okay. Lordy. For as far as albums, that's actually, yeah, there are individual songs I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, God. You don't have an album that you could just throw on and just listen to the whole thing? Not really. Okay. Yeah, fair. Uh, the Beatles, uh, the White Album is pretty much the only one that I could listen to all the way through, but... I end up cherry picking songs from a bunch of different albums. Well, okay, then uh follow up question for that one. Um what's your what's your how do I want to say this? What's the the number one way you consume music? Uh iTunes now. It, it used to be making my own CDs back in the day. And then before that cassette tapes. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um do you still write in cursive? I do not. Trying to think I'm of the last time know. I even I even did that. I think it was wedding invitations. <laughs> <laughs> I still sign that we all learned it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It was the most useless thing we ever learned. Yeah. Uh your favorite color? Blue. Uh your top five movies of all time. Ooh. Uh Fifth Element. Okay. Ooh, good one. House on Haunted Hill. Uh, Scrooge with Albert Finney. Uh, okay. Two more. I would say the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy, but uh, yeah. let's I'll pick, give you that one. Yes, I'll give yeah. you that one. It's yeah. one big movie. It's like yeah. Kill Bill. Both it is. One movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and Kill Bill, actually. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite power armor? Ooh. T fifty one, me. Cool. Uh, your shoe size. Ten and a half. Autobots or Decepticons. Autobots. 
what's your favorite word? Yesterday. What's your least favorite word? Uh, moist. Okay. See, uh, th- that would have been a great time to say next. <laughs> because it's both an answer and a skip. That's a very good point. Uh, why or where or what do you want to see change? In the world? Anywhere. It could be anything. What do you want to see change? Lack of empathy. Good one. Okay. Uh, why don't they ever want to talk about it? Uh, empathy? Or just... just any... Why don't they ever want to talk about it in general? Just it. Yeah. Self-interest? Ego? What's your favorite vault? 101. All day. What did you... What did your grandmother's house smell like? Bacon, pine, and honey. Mm, that, that sounds delightful. Uh, she, uh, there's a story that goes along with that. You want to tell? You don't have to if you don't want to. It's a short one. Um, I spent summers with her up on this island off the coast of New Brunswick, Canada, um, the house had electricity and everything, but that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only got TV in the evenings. Oh, wow. So it was uh, heated with a wood stove. She would make bacon in the morning, so I'd wake up. I could hear the foghorn off the beach and uh, just the smell in the house. It was a great That's way awesome. to spend the summer. Yeah. Yeah. That is That sounds delightful. Yeah. Is it really humid? Would uh, it be not really humid? There? Yeah. Uh, not there. No, it's it's it was cold even during the summer. Cool. Are are synths people? Yes. Voice protagonist: bad idea or worst idea ever? Worst idea ever. Thank you. Oh my god! Thank you. <laughs> um, Introducing RPG uh, scripted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your earliest memory? My great grandfather dying. Oh wow! Do you remember how old you were? Three. Wow. Favorite book and/or top ten books or top five books? The Illustrated Man by Ray Bradbury. Ooh, top ten books. That's going to be hard to come up with a list off the top of my head. Uh, the Illustrated Man, definitely that. Anything by Ray Bradbury. Uh, Stephen King's It is definitely one of my top favorite reads. Uh, anything by Bill Bryson, who's just a hilarious writer. Uh, any of his travel books are are just the most amazing travel book reading you could possibly imagine. Uh, what else? John Belair's Edward Gorey, which technically isn't books, but I just I love his drawing style. Hey, cool. graphic novels yeah. are are books. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I got away with reading a lot of graphic novels in school. <laughs> um, what's my next one on here? What what simple joy makes you the most happy? Barefoot in the grass. Ooh, that's satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Just reading a book, Barefoot in the Grass, yeah. What kind of build do you play in 76? 
right now I'm playing melee build, which is the first time I've ever done that. In previous Fallout games, you could actually be a master of all mm-hmm. and then just kind of be everything. It was kind of a learning curve playing this game because you can't do that. You have to specialize. But uh, the melee build that I'm doing now is slightly bloodied. So it's really... Um, playing melee is the first time I've ever played that way in a Fallout game. I never had an interest before. Really? So it's been uh, it's kind of fun to kind of get in there and smash things around. Why don't you think you ever had the interest to try it? I love explosive weapons. I really, really do. Yeah. As the soonest that I could get my hands on a fat man is in every version of the game. That's immediately what I would go for. Oh, cool. I just love explosions, <laughs> which probably says something about my character. But <laughs> um, are, are melee weapons still like super overpowered? Uh, they are depending on your build okay. um, with the right uh, armor uh, buffs cams uh and even a a three-star bloodied weapon you can be ridiculously overpowered but you're essentially a glass cannon i die Mm. a lot i remember i remember when it first came out uh our buddy kyle wanted to play it like a a a medical healy man and he wound up becoming the tank because he's like (laughs) oh i'm just gonna stab things when it like when it first (laughs) first came out um What's your favorite Fallout songs? So like the stuff on the radio. Ooh, that's a good question. It's 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 any of them. I didn't want to put a number on it because it. I mean, all of New Vegas' soundtrack is awesome. All of Threes oh, is slaps, Fours yeah. is all right. You know what I mean? So Johnny Guitar. Okay. Out of out of okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I know. But uh, <laughs> the landscape of New Vegas. It, a lot of people complained it was empty, the people that maybe don't like that game. But the the desolation of it and the mournful sound of that song paired so perfectly with the landscape in a really unique way. I guess a good second choice would, would have to be Big Iron. That's such a fun romping song. I love Big yeah. Iron. Yeah. What do you edit and record with? Adobe Audition. Oh, nice. Yep. Where do you find inspiration? For the show? For just anything, be it writing, be it the show, anything. A lot of different sources. Um, I own a marketing firm, so I I do a lot of creative. Mm -hmm. And there are things that I find inspiration from to create from things that I hear or see or concepts. And a lot of it just kind of goes into this filing cabinet in the back of my head. And I can sometimes find ways to to adapt it or make use of it at some point. I've got a question. Yeah. I really enjoy listening to your content, mostly because I really like your voice. It's a very good podcasting voice. Has anyone ever told you that you have a radio voice? <laughs> yes. Uh, the very first podcast who ever had me on was uh, the Vault Boys West Virginia, which they're now doing um, a different show, The Cryptid Cast. And uh, that was the very first feedback that he had for me when uh, he'd listened to the show. Yeah, like back your voice in, is just uh, delightful two. to listen to. Well, thank you. It's very thank calming, you. yeah. I find that my favorite parts of the episodes are Simon parts. Mm-hmm. Which is ironic because um, when, I, when I first started, my concern is that me just telling the original journal stories, which I'd started out writing – 
just as kind of a goof and mm-hmm. shared in uh, Fallout Facebook groups. And people just really loved them and kept resharing them and got a ridiculous amount of reshares and likes. People started suggesting them as a podcast, which I'd never thought of doing or have done before. So I figured I'd give it a go. My greatest concern is that over time, just me narrating would get very static and stale. So I really wanted to to build out the world that he was describing with voice actors, which now we've been really blessed to get some really great people to do. How many voices do you do yourself? Just me. Really? I, I'm, yeah, I, I, I've done acting, but I, I hate when I do voices. <laughs> Anytime really? I try and do them, they're, they're either way over the top or just silly. So the, the voice of Simon is pretty much my default voice. A lot of the other people on our, our cast, especially uh, Alexander Luther, who does the voice of Chad, is British. But you would never, really? never, oh. ever know. Wow. Uh, like hearing his actual voice is, is kind of jarring. That's very <laughs> Considering it took him three weeks um, of of practicing to find that that voice. And we tried a bunch of different options before finally getting it. And as soon as he sent me a sample of that one, I was like, nope, that's it. Perfect. Wow. That's awesome. Who, yeah. who does the voice of Punch? Oh, that's Christian Moore. Yeah, he's he's been on our cast for quite a while uh, and does the voice of the Mr. Handys, which I think he does a really... Oh, wonderful. Yeah, oh, yeah wow. he does a damn good job of, of yeah. getting their, the way that they speak. Um, the cadence, yeah, definitely. I've wanted to add a Super Mutant companion for a while now and punch uh, and Moose will will have an interesting arc together. Become oh, really... Cool. Because they're kind of uh, two peas in a pod. They, they kind of get each other. Yeah. They're going to open up a bar and uh, uh-huh. actually, actually, yeah, oh, actually make Wasteland Brews. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay, let me ask you this then, since, since they've changed everything. Um, and now, I, I, don't, I don't, they just, I don't, it, to me, it seems like they just don't care about the past canon. But yes. how do you feel about these super mutants on the East Coast that are a little more intelligent than, like, I get we're going to get the anomaly every once in a while, like Fox, but yeah. the West Coast where they were breeding, quote unquote, like pure mutants to now where they're mutants, but they have the radiation and they have everything else that fuses together and then makes these non-pure mutants how do you feel well i don't even know the merchant's name that walks around with a cow like he's an intelligent mutant like how graham do you feel about yeah that? yes yeah. yeah we have um mark who's on our uh he voiced and, and did the perfect imitation uh of graham um in one of our minisodes i, I like him as a character i do not think that super mutant should have been in this game and I know they in, invented a kind of a, a whatever story about experiments at West Tech, but uh, I didn't think it was needed or necessary. That that using them in Fallout 76 kind of bothers me, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, and that was a big thing for, like, the Brotherhood bothers the hell out of me. Uh, Super Mutants bother the hell out of me. Now, we actually talked about it on, our, I think, the most recent episode, but since you played all the time, is there a jet in 76? There is not. 
Which is, so they, they, yeah, so they left is, that out. Which is the they one thing I, I know. Which is the one thing that they did right, and everything else. They're like, yeah, whatever. Let's, uh, yeah. Here's NCR Ranger armor. Here's uh, whatever. <laughs> Let's jeopardize the cannon in every thing. way, except See, but like, one way. If they do an E3 thing and they're like, hey, none of this is canon, or like X, Y, and Z is canon, but like everything in Wastelanders is, but nothing else is. Fine, whatever. Give me just a little bit, but like. There's, you can't sit there and tell me that Maxon was on the East Coast. Do you know what I would okay. love? And I, I really, I, I don't think, because Bethesda is really shit at telling stories. Um, that's not their strong point. They're great at, at building out worlds, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. building compelling storylines has never been their strong point. I would love if it's something as simple as this is all a simulation which is why yeah. the the clocks never change. It's always the same goddamn day in October. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, everything kind I of stays static and the same. That would be great. If I would just like kinda... to see a revised like Fallout Bible. Yeah. No, no, no. Not revised, but no, a no. this is what we are considering canon source. We have the one thing that's sacrosanct. Let's leave it that way. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know what, like... I'm so t- I'm just upset that I learned all these things and now I have to like relearn all these things. Like it just yeah. yeah. For the I, si- like 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 the ranger armor. Like why does that have to be in the game? Like it, it that doesn't happen for another no, another 60 years? Well, technically no, the, the the excuse is I mean the pieces of it existed pre-war, so I guess it's kind of plausible. But it's so specifically linked to one game, it just doesn't, yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. It just rubs. Yeah. I have more of a problem with the mechanist outfit, which is, <laughs> which is just, yeah. You know, I never even thought of that. See, I thought that was a little more, you could give a little more away with that because uh, it was, it, it, the game happens around uh, Halloween. So yeah, that's a fair point. might have had mechanist, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Because you could find Grognak stuff and you could pay for um, the Silver Shroud and you can pay for, um, the hell's his name? Manta Man. Yeah. And the inspector now, and, and a bunch of other ones you had never heard about before. <laughs> yeah. Um, and every time I think of the specter, I just think of the, the silk specter from Watchmen. Um, so hold on, before we just before we just rip this game apart, I'm I'm kind of like relieved to hear that you write a show about this game, and even you are upset with it. Uh, I'm not entirely upset. If I was, I wouldn't be able to to play it every day. I guess, uh, really, the community aspect of the game um, oh, yeah. and being able to play with friends, it is fun to play on a daily basis. If you play by yourself or you're not interested in playing with others, if you have social anxiety, if you're not really interested in, in building communities or getting involved with a player faction, this is not not the game for you. Because there's simply not enough in it to keep mm-hmm. you going until maybe Wastelanders. Um, only because there is a lot of, of interesting stuff to read. There's some great backstories if Absolutely. you follow hollow tapes and kind of find out what happened at specific locations. Uh, Enola Walker's, her story is kind of an interesting one. The stuff that happened at the Charlestown Dam and... Um, all that stuff is kind of great backstory, but you really have to work to focus to kind of put the pieces together. 
because yeah. you, you you're not really compelled forward by a character that is just an NPC, but it's it becomes a companion or someone that you can become attached to that you want to put the story together. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of going around reading notes like you're playing Myst. <laughs> Just, wow, just trying yeah. to figure out it's like old school like oh here's another note Ooh. i hadn't even considered it to be like that but like now that you frame it like that dang yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah that's that was that was my number one thing when it first came out people would ask me but like people that i, I was friends with would be like is it good is it is it a game i should get is it anything like three or new vegas or four and i was like if you like the game you'll like it but you have to like reading terminals and that's yeah. the whole thing yep Exactly. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. Declan, do you have any questions where we jump into um, the other questions? <laughs> the, yeah, the the 20 questions. Um, I don't have any 20 questions. I have more like questions about the show, so if we want to move more in that direction. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. If you wanted to ask any just general stuff before we jump into that. Um, I was going to ask where you got your inspiration for your particular characters like are they people that you know are they people that you met online are they people that you like wish had been in the game as characters like what was your thought process for developing these characters i have the same question written down declan really yeah the answer to that is yes (laughs) (laughs) i love that uh they're they're kind of all of the above so i'll tell you bit by bit where they came from um chad uh, the way that the whole show concept was born is I was playing with some friends in 76 one night and we were inside one of the schools and we'd had more than a few drinks and we're just kind of reminiscing about how not enjoyable the school experience was. And uh, it reminded me of a bully from school who just happened to be named Chad. And then <laughs> the four other people in the group all either had known a bully named Chad or had a step father named chad or like some asshole at work <laughs> <And Chad. laughs> they're just a universal breed of just boo yeah just uh yeah there's a reason that there's such a meme around chad because yeah. it's it, it, the per anyone who's named that has a very particular personality that is highly unlikable um that we have uh at least digested we're not to say that all chads are bad no, no. I'm sure there's a good one. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, a famous single Chad, good one. But, uh, no, Chad Kroger from Nickelback. He's <laughs> the first one that came to mind. Every time you say that, a fairy dies. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm next. Ring that bell. Uh, so that's kind of where the that character came from. I started to think about what would happen if, unlike school, where you have a definitive end. Like as soon as school's done, you graduate, you walk out the doors and you never have to worry or see those people ever again. You can kind of move on with your life. Um, you're in this scenario though, that person kind of doggedly pursues you across the wasteland, uh, and never stop making your life really difficult. And that's kind of where the whole conflict between the two of them was born. Um, since then it's become a lot more complex yeah. and as the show goes on, there's going to be a massive change that's going to, to reframe what their interaction has really been about, which I really don't want to spoil, but hmm. there's a, there's a really interesting arc, um, partly of which, um, 
because you guys are really into lore, you're really going to love. Oh, awesome. Oh, good. Um, so that's where Chad came from. Uh, Susie and her possessed little doll, Ella. Yes. I love them. I do too. And I think the reason that she's become so beloved, uh, even though she's really twisted and, and up homicidal, <laughs> yeah. the, those characters came to me in a dream um, where I, I visualized this, this little ghoul at this lemonade stand, uh, just having handing out lemonade that's, that's tainted in instant death. I thought that was so funny. Yeah, and then she just kind of, you know, t- picks people's pockets, drags their bodies into the bushes, and waits for the next victim. Um, but yeah, that that's where she came from. Brian, um, who we introduced in episodes five and six, the, the Sickle Man saga, that was our 80s camp horror slasher send-up. I really enjoyed that. Actually, um, the most recent episode that I listened to was the closing episode of uh, the camp saga. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I really, really liked that. I'm a sucker for like a slasher. I thought that was so fun. I am too. And with American Horror Story 1984 coming out, mm, yeah. it was kind of the perfect timing to to do that kind of homage. And I, I love 80s horror having grown up in that period. Um, but Brian is actually based on a real person I was in the Boy Scouts with. Oh, awesome. Um, and so much of his his irritating do-goodery <laughs> always preparedness uh, and even the awkward scenes that take place at at night in the bunk bed above was was all real. <laughs> really? Yeah. I thought that was wow. so funny and so relatable because I was also in the scouts, and um, yeah. it just there just, were there'd be certain things that just like oh my god that's so real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Declan, you don't go anywhere without a backpack. Listen, like, you want to talk about you want to talk about being prepared. Listen, Declan. I, hey, man, we're going to White Castle. We're going to be there for thirty-five minutes. Okay, laptop, phone charger, backup battery, two cases of water, a map, a second map, a listen, watch. Like, <laughs> listen, I'm always prepared uh, oh, for anything. That's We've got cool, a flat tire. Cool. Don't worry. Let me do a sheep shank real quick. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I don't know. It always makes me laugh. I have a question about Susie, though. Yeah. Um, when when you when you started to write her, what was the main idea for writing a ghoul child? Because I like how when she's talking to the other ghoul children, the one of them says, "What are you like thirty and you still play with dolls?" Oh. Yeah, ghoul children. I don't know if this has ever really been focused on before, but there's she, only one canonically. She essentially is trapped in time. And there's there's kind of a the dynamic that she has with Chad is kind of baffling because all too often fans comment like how is Chad a, a good father like it just kind of blows your mind um, he he really takes her under his wing and becomes kind of a stand-in father older brother figure there's a scene um, where she's <laughs> she found um, buff tats on a bookcase in the middle of the road as one does. And she like the label was slightly scratched. So she thought it said buff tits (laughs) and she's been taking them this whole time thinking that they will help her grow up, so to speak. Oh my gosh. And he has this awkward, so it's kind of funny, but then she starts tearing up because she, 
she's always going to be a child. She's never going to be more than that. See, I think that's really interesting because I, I liked how how you took it of this this more like I'm an, I'm slowly I'm an adult, but with almost the mindset and the body of a child, and right. she she acts more like a child. And she never had that emotional development and growth. Yeah, right, I like, exactly. but I like that. I like the idea of having years and years because she could essentially live for hundreds of years, but living for hundreds of years and never getting the knowledge of anyone past like the age of eight or right. however old she was when the bombs went off. I think that's a really interesting concept. And even developmentally, where the structure of the brain is, she's stuck in that same state, so she's never going to be able to to grasp even uh, concepts of right and wrong or risk reward which is why we're, we're so much more prone to taking risks or uh there being gray areas in terms of what's right or wrong than when younger because our, our brain simply hasn't developed a lot of that capacity yet i think that's such an interesting choice in terms of writing the character and i i really do like how it's portrayed the show is kind of a weird mix because there's there's a lot uh there's a lot of care and, and thought and things that I've done very specifically, even though the show is 95% dick jokes. So. I mean, you got a quote. Yeah, but there's uh she's going to have an interesting arc this season. How many episodes a season? There are 20 in this season. Oh, okay. yeah. So we're, uh, we're only about halfway done. Is that including the minisodes? The minisodes are just extras. Okay, okay, cool. And they were kind of an experiment because uh, the show is challenging for me to edit for two reasons. Um, one, the amount of, of effects uh, and time it takes to build kind of a soundscape. I've I really noticed wanna... the amount of care that you put into your sound design, and I really appreciate it. It it. Thank you. It it just it takes time to really get that. And so invariably, as soon as we drop an episode, like two days later, fans are like, OK, great. When's the next one coming on? Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so yeah. minisodes are just kind of fast, simple stories that require only one or two characters that are just fun and have um, there are a definite uh, kind of build up and then a punchline. And a lot of the original stories that I'd written that people liked, I kind of had to throw out the window because they don't really work being added into a long form episode where a lot of them are just kind of short punchline kind of short stories. Mm-hmm. So they can work well as minisodes. Hmm. Uh, question for you just about your writing process then. Yeah. Would you ever consider moving out of West Virginia? I'm not saying you have to go far, like, like well, let's go to Florida, but would you consider maybe, like, going slightly into, like, Pennsylvania? Would you consider kind of moving outside of the parameters of the map given to you? Just to see if you could, just to flex your own creative muscle and see, like, hey, like, how much different could could a mile out of uh, out of the state be? Not that you have to create this entire city with an economy and this and that, but just to kind of ponder on what something else could be that's close to that. I'm trying to decide how to answer this question without giving away something important. Oh. <laughs> Do you want me to cut that? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like, 
No, 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 no. Uh, I will answer it one way. Um, The characters cannot move outside of the boundaries of the map for a very, very specific reason. Okay. Which we'll be getting into in future episodes. I do have a pretty beefy follow-up question. Uh, the second answer to that is after season two, which is going to include Wastelanders, uh, okay. as the whole dynamic of the Wasteland is going to change um, once those characters come in and, and we kind of sync up our stories with whatever that's going to be about. After season two, we will no longer be in Appalachia. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. There is a a vehicle... Uh, a method that is already existing in the game that is just kind of a, a throwaway Easter egg that I'm going to use to tell much bigger stories that fans that hate 76 will really, really love where we go after that. Hmm. So I have a few ideas of what you're talking of. Like I just, I, I, I can hear your gears turning, but <laughs> I, I do have a pretty big, important question. Uh-huh. And it's the one that has been on my mind since I started the show. What At what point did you decide that you're going to narratively include the game mechanics of Fallout 76? So, like, mm-hmm. character dies, they respawn. At what point during the consideration for writing the show did you decide that you want to keep that in mind? Because, like, whenever we do our original content, we very rarely touch on the game mechanics of Fallout. But I think it's a really interesting choice to have uh, included have. that. That's always been there from the original stories that I'd, I'd written that I'd shared in the Fallout groups, um, partly because I, I, the the glitches don't make me as mental or, or outraged as they do some people. Oh, I think too. partly because let's let's be real here. I've been playing Fallout games for a long time. If you've never seen a glitch in a Fallout game, you've never played a Fallout game. Right. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, who hasn't seen, you know, floating heads and... Uh, exploding disassembling suits or you know where you're rotating across the canvas at 360 degrees if, <laughs> i mean even to this day new vegas is, is still kind of a wild wasteland even without the perk oh, um, <laughs> trait so the Doc uh Mitchell's head going all the way around yeah well, very one exorcist of the, one but of the, first... the uh, oh sorry go on but um i, I wanted to also put these in the perspective of a character who's stepping out of the vault Mm -hmm. and none of this makes sense. Um, Buildings kind of just don't go together correctly. Uh, They float in the air, which makes no sense. Death has no consequences. That one is, is the major plot point of this entire season. There's a reason that there, there is no death in Appalachia right now for vault dwellers but there is for everything else um and that plot point is is, where that goes uh, at the end of that if you guys have me back uh you'll probably want to talk about it because the what we're doing is going to be kind of unique and i think it's going to be a cool story to tell cool is everything written already yes how much improv do you allow do you allow how much improv do you allow your actors? Uh, very little. Mm-hmm. 
they'll they have um, suggestions or stuff that I'll build into the, the script. They know their characters really well, so if there are things that or ideas that they have, things that they know their character will say, or funny scenes that they have in mind, uh, we have kind of a master list of just nonsense that they just keep adding stuff to, and I'll I'll cherry pick from it and add it into episodes. But everything is is scripted out. Interesting. You're gonna love where it goes. I'm very. I, I think I am. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm just I'm thinking of, of where it can go. Because I want I just want to say it, but I'm not gonna say it while we're recording. Because I have a feeling I have two ideas of where you're gonna take it, and just based off what you've just told me now, and I'm very excited either way. So well, let me let me ask you this then. Um, here's my one thing. Last night when you jumped in the Discord, we were talking a little bit about uh, the Battle Royale feature that they added. Yes. Did you play it at all? I did. How far did you get into it? Uh, I think level 30. That's about where I stopped, too. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it was fun to do with friends, um, just as as something nonsense to do against other players what ruins that though is really cheaters and hackers who've who just kind of break the point of it and i think that's one of the reasons that i get tired i think i had an evening where it was five times in a row there was just someone glitching a teleporting across the map and someone else who was like floating in the air and i was like yeah screw this this isn't worth the effort See, my my whole thing with that was another thing that was just lore-breaking, is once you got to, like, level 40-something or 50 or 60-something, you got Enclave Outcast armor. Or not Enclave Outcast. Brotherhood Outcast armor. And I was like, I, I want that. Yeah. But... I, I, what, what I did appreciate about that is being able to explore that vault was actually really great. And I wish you could load into that as a world space without having to go into Fallout. You still uh, nuclear can't? Winter? No. It's just, it's a cool vault to explore. Um, with the exception of Vault Tech University and where you start out in the vault, you really can't explore other vaults mm-hmm. uh, that yeah. are interesting. That I mean, I you can do, and I'll be completely honest with you, I haven't done vault the vault raid either, the Vault 94 raid. I didn't even bother with that yet. I probably will at one point, but what discouraged me was... Uh, it seemed very grindy for not a lot of reward. Yeah. Uh, like in Discord voice, I stayed out of it, but a group of friends went in. And it, it's kind of like playing Simon back in the day, where someone's like, okay, crack it, uh, whip it. Okay, smack it. Uh, okay, patch it. <laughs> now push the button. Okay, now go back and crack it again. Okay, now smack it. Okay, push the button again. It just seemed like a lot of that. I'm like, that's that doesn't sound fun at all. Yeah. Uh, I was excited when I got into 51 and I was like, ooh, look, lore. And I just started reading things and trying to open terminals. And then someone leaked it to me that once you hit 100, you get to go to the one room and you find out that Brawn had some tie to this. And then if you hit 101, you get something special. And then I think it caps out at like 110 or 120 when you get like the last holotape. And it was just like, this is really, really cool. But my whole thing is, if I'm a vault dweller and the whole gist of it is supposed to be you're a vault dweller that is from this vault, because that's how I interpreted it, interpreted it, that it was you playing as a separate character from the character that you play and that you're playing a different vault dweller from Vault 51. Why am I exploring the destroyed West Virginia? I don't know what that Ooh. looks like yet. 
I should only be exploring pristine West Virginia. Right. And I, I, I don't know. I didn't listen to the logs, but like I assumed it had something to do with the same type of uh, the same type of what the hell are they called? The Tranquility Lane pods. Right, you know right, what I mean? Like, yeah. I only assume that it had something to do with those same pods that I'm living in some sort of a simulation. But, I don't know. Uh, it, it takes forever to level up, and then when you level up, it's not even worth it. And if you level up, like, the wrong way, and you get, like, the wrong perks, then they just say, make a new character. I it, There's a learning curve to this game. Like, my first character is just kind of a, a, a mess. I, I did the same thing that I always do. I was just kind of a... A junk hoarding explosive build. Yeah. Uh, or I just got to get everything. And then they nerfed TSE uh, shotguns. that uh, So that character became significantly less powered. But on my second playthrough, I actually planned out my build. Uh, is it Nuke Dragons or Nuka Dragons? They have a great character planner there that uh, I highly, highly recommend. You can actually plan out your build. It'll tell you level by level what perks to pick. So you can start out from scratch because after that, once you get to level 50, if you decide to change, it becomes too challenging to do because you can only move a special point each level after that. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. So it, you can you can respec, but uh, it'll take time. So hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What's, 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 I got to do this math quick. What's 15 times 50? So by the end of that, you have 750 points? Or no, you only get... Yeah, 750. I don't know. I, I, I liked the idea of the cards. And then it just kind of, like... Kind of went off the rails. Like, yeah, I, I don't we, know. It just didn't feel like it fit well. Uh, yeah. We, uh, we make fun of and use of the perk cards uh, in the show. At least for, for our purposes anyway they're they're enteric coded cards that work kind of like bioshock plasmids yeah where where early on uh, jake accidentally makes simon a cannibal mm -hmm. by gifting that ability to him um, but they don't really know how to control those cards we're gonna have some more fun with cards coming up but there's a there's I really a, like a card. your take on on the cards in the show <laughs> I, I was trying really hard to to take some of the game mechanics and, and make sense of them in some fashion. And in some instances, fix plot holes or, or inconsistencies in a way that would kind of make sense. I will say that we do have an actor who is going to be voicing Stanislaus Braun this, this season. Oh, cool. really? Yep. Cool, cool. That's cool. Yep. Uh, I want to talk, talk about cannibalism for a little bit. Nice. <laughs> um, how how integral was it when you were coming up with this idea that you were like, Simon is a cannibal, Jake is a cannibal? Like, was it the first thing you thought of, or was it something that kind of worked its way into it, and then... No, it worked its way into it. I needed... Okay. Um, I needed the character of Simon to have an, an increasingly difficult time um, to move his character in a specific direction. So strife uh, and being unable to control something 
beyond just the the external threats. I needed there to be an internal threat, a struggle within himself that's going to force him to do something as we get a little further on this season. Um, but it also allowed me to sideline the character of Jake for a little bit uh, and send him somewhere while Simon was was struggling with this. Simon basically eats and kills Jake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Loses I mean, control. It'd be like that sometimes. Yeah, you know, sometimes you, you just, yeah, you have a, a, you know, a friend feeds you uh, someone you went to school with and, you know, you get a little upset. Yeah. So that's exactly it happens. Friends. Yeah. 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 I mean, but when we met, like, Vince ate me entirely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um... Now, here, here's the thing that bothers me. Uh, how come there's not more cannibalism in the games to begin with? I think that, that it would be such a huge kind of thing that you cannibalism. really only see Everyone's in Andale. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, iguana bits are human parts. If you go back to Fallout 1 and Fallout 2, there I forget which one it is, but I'm, I know Iguana Bob shows up in the first one. But I'm pretty sure, I think it's the first one. You can do a quest for him and he's like, hey, don't tell people, but it's people. <laughs> so, like... Let's not forget why... in the pit where you can be a, the, the, the worst thing you can do in any Fallout game. You can decide if you want to eat the baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So why is there not like I I just I when I first heard like oh we're out here eating people I was like good because that's exactly what would happen because that's the first like and I don't care if you're gonna sit there and call yourself a foodie or someone who enjoys fine cuisine bombs drop and the first thing you don't do is try to eat a person are you really a foodie that's yeah fair, I mean it's it's like yeah. diners drive-ins and eating Dave you can just kind of have a show about it talk about yeah. different ways to cook people. Um, it's funny that you're talking about cannibals because uh, the Thanksgiving episode uh, or episodes that we are working on this this month, um, episodes ten and eleven, take place with uh, outside the game. What is the largest player faction um, of players? Which is Eat. It's the establishment mm-hmm. of Appalachian taste testers. Um, <laughs> they were one of the first large groups to form of players that kind of ran together as a faction. Um, Todd Howard had mentioned them in an interview. They've been written up in a few wow. different gaming magazines. And uh, the founder of that, Chris Grawl, um, has been uh, kind of hovering in the background of our cast. He's going to be voicing himself in episodes 10 and 11. But the whole cannibalism arc That's so cool. uh, will, be, will be coming to a head very shortly. And the whole concept of that is the the imagery of reaping, sowing, uh, having a a bountiful harvest is very appropriate for Thanksgiving. So Simon's going to go to an interesting buffet at the Black Bear Lodge. That's awesome. Yeah. I I like how you had the the Fallout 5.0 guys on as well. Is that them or is that other people? Okay, because I knew that was a faction, but I didn't know if it was... um, it was what do you call it? It was them voicing themselves or people that you had voicing them. Yeah, that's uh, Ray and Lucy Middleton um, are our leaders of the Fallout Five O and uh, in game they're Commander Connor Johns and uh, the Scald is what she's called. But uh, they voice themselves in the the Sickle Man episodes. That's uh, awesome. And then also um, the character of, of Isaac Hawkins uh, also was voiced by himself. Cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that little uh, in- includement. Is that a word? 
inclusion. Mind Fog was a, a Fallout 4 storytelling podcast uh, that's still out there that's journal-based. And if you get the chance to check that out, it's it's worth a listen. Um, Mind Fog, I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Uh, well, Sebastian. If you um, ever need any uh, bantering radio hosts, you know where to find us. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really good at yelling at Declan. Yeah. And I'm really good at taking <laughs> it without crying. <laughs> it could be a random encounter. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the the writer and narrator of those is also going to pop on. But I wanted to try and, and do something that would bring some of the, let's face it, the saving grace of this game has been content creators. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the, the factions that work really, really hard, like the Fallout 5.0 and EAT uh, and some of the other groups, that really work to keep their their players engaged and uh, doing quests that they script uh, is really what keeps the game going. Oh, that's neat. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That's what the Fallout 5.0 does. Uh, they actually have a really interesting writing process. Um, they script out story arcs, so they create scenarios in-game and cross over with uh, raider factions Um also enclave factions um, to create these scenarios in game. It's all role playing, but it's really, really great stuff. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing that I think that they should have added is like clans. So it's not just like, I'm part of this. And it, you say it like when you see someone on the map, it's like eat or it's five Oh, and you can see like, okay, that guy's part of that. Like he's, yeah. he's in it. Like you have to like how world of Warcraft has um, guilds. Where you can like be accepted into a guild. I think that's something that the game it, the game is trying to be an MMO light, but there's no MMO features. I, I think the ship has sailed on that. It could have been that at one point in time, and it probably should have been from the beginning. But I think the this game was an experiment for Bethesda mm-hmm. to get into something they've not really done before, uh, and I, I think the experiment was a failure, which is why they're they're introducing wastelanders and going back in a more familiar direction yeah Uh, i can definitely i definitely agree with you on that front because even uh, if you look at the way things are now in the early days with having comms constantly on you could connect with players and meet friends and connect with random people um now that that that's kind of been disabled and you can't really do that anymore um without effort the game is kind of quieter um also having private servers will just silo people so a lot of people just kind of go do their own thing as opposed to interacting the other thing that kind of messed things up is just trolls (laughs) who just kind of raid and and make the gaming experience less fun for people Yeah. yeah and that was that was a thing that like when we started playing when like the first month it came out i remember being like I had that urge. I was a Call of Duty kid back in the day in, like, middle school and high school. Yeah. And it was one of those things that you just bought because everybody else bought it. Um, and that was, like, especially with, like, Halo. Oh, my God. Uh, you would just you would just lay into other kids. And I was kind of, like, itching to get back into that, like, in a weird way. Like, in a weird nostalgic, like... like yeah, I'm ready like, to start bullying again. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> like, well, well, one time I was, I was hanging out with my brother, and my brother's younger than i am and uh like he's still in school and he was playing grand theft auto online with his friends 
And this kid jumped in, and he sounded to be, like, maybe five or six years older than my brother. And I was like, how? And I had the mic, so I'm talking to my brother's friends. And I'm like, how old are you? And he's like, I'm 17. And I'm like, dude, you're 17, and you're talking to a bunch of kids. <laughs> he's like, how old are you? I was like, I'm 49. I got kids to feed. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I go to work every day after school. I'm like, yeah. I was like, I got alimony to pay. Like, I'm just making shit up just to mess with the kid. <laughs> and, and then I, he's in the party, and I realize that my brother has him on his friends list. So I take him off my brother's friends list, and I say to the guy, I'm like, hey, man, uh, you know what the shape of Italy is? And he goes, a boot? And I went, ha-ha, and I kicked him. And I was so happy to know <laughs> that the old tricks still work. Like, I, That's I, awesome. It's one of those things that just is so ingrained into people online that I was expecting more of it, and I never got griefed in the 30 hours I played. I, I did it once just to do it, just to be like, all right, I did it, and then I'm done. Like, I could say I did it, everybody's got to do it once, Right. And then it's over. But I don't ever remember being shot at. I don't ever remember my house getting destroyed. Yeah, I had no experiences with Griefers. I don't think at all in Fallout 76. Yeah. There's more of that now than maybe there really? was in the early days. For for one really specific reason, um, for the most part, once you get to a point, there's not a lot to do. So you might as well just, you know, go make somebody miserable. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's not do. I mean, I have some friends who joined raider clans, and that's kind of what they do. But it, you know, they still play every night. They, they've just run out of things to do. They're kind of master traders, so they've kind of collected everything. They're maxed out caps, so there's really there's nothing for them to do. Yeah. Well, that that's my big thing, and that's what I didn't like about seventy six right away is that like I can't keep all of my weapons because when I play a Fallout game, especially for the first time, I like to have one of everything. Yeah, there's something about like being in this. Hey, money doesn't exist, and the the thing that really should be uh, your source of currency is water, but it's bottle caps. So I have to have <laughs> one of every chem. I have to have one of every weapon, one of every piece of armor because. I, I don't know. I must have grown up during uh, the Depression because I'm like, I must save this can. I can fill it with water for later. Like, <laughs> I don't know. There's just something like in my in my monkey brain that like clicks and I'm like, oh, I need everything. I need one of everything. You're a collector at heart. But I just, it's weird. And that's like a thing that put me off with 76. It's like, oh, I have 600 pounds of stuff I can keep in this chest. And like half of it's stuff that I'm never going to look at again. It's just, I need to know I have it. I know, and I struggled with the same thing, but uh, I, I kind of reached a Zen moment where I took a look at my stash one night, and I'm like, I no longer need this. You uh, everything? I was reborn. Uh, because especially with playing melee on my character, in a way, it's kind of liberating. So every piece of ammo and every weapon, I can just yeah. sell or drop. Just like, uh, yeah, a buy. See, there's there's just a lot of stuff that you don't really need. And the same is true with junk. Once you've kind of built a mega camp and you're not really interested in moving again, you really don't need the junk. You can just mm -hmm. kind of offload it. Do they fix putting down camps or is it still awful? Uh, it is better now. Okay. Um, it, it still has its moments. 
Yeah, when uh, when we started up our our game, our main game, we we play D and D, but we play like a Fallout version of D and D, and uh, we have a show for it here. Not to plug myself, but um, these are characters that we've been playing for a while, and uh, I, I I play this. I play a ghoul. I'm, I'm fascinated by ghouls and mutants, but especially ghouls. And my whole thing is that I am a lawyer from pre bombs dropping New York. And, uh, I wanted to build an office. Like I wanted to build a law office where you can come and you can say like, Hey, I need this done and I need that done. And this guy's trying to take me for this. And that's going to, and like, I really in my head had built up this story that I was going to build into the game. And that downstairs would be a shop that, uh, one of our other party members was going to have. And then upstairs was my office. And then the third floor was going to be like the penthouse suite. And I had this whole thing and I spent fucking forever looking for bricks it was so hard to find <laughs> bricks yep and then like we were trying to to speed run to get everything and we wound up finding the schematics to make stim packs and once we found the schematics to make stim packs we pretty much finished the game on accident and we don't know what happened <laughs> So it was like, well, what was the point of that? Like, so I, I know, I know, literally nothing. I went from leaving the vault, finding the the overseer's boyfriend or whatever he was, after I couldn't get him to spawn, and I had a world jump to try to get it to work, and then the next thing I know, I'm at the White Spring. Like, I don't know. Like, I have such a weird relationship with the game because it was so much of a sandbox to me. To the point where, like, I didn't see anything that I didn't want to see. Where normally it's, like, a Fallout game is I want to see it all. And, like, I knew something was different about the game. Because it was the day after it came out. I remember I looked at someone and I I was out of the house. And I went, there's a new Fallout game and I'm not home playing it. Like, it just felt, something about it didn't have the same panache. Like, it didn't have the same level of... Of like whimsy, I guess. Yeah, like just something weird about it. It's it's not the same experience at all. Yeah, I mean there are there are things that I'm still discovering uh, as because there's a lot of stuff that isn't marked on the map. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, a really amazing spot that I just kind of stumbled around last week, and I've been playing since beta. So there's oh, a lot of stuff yeah. in there. Uh, uh, one thing that they did recently is they fixed it so you could go anywhere on the map um, and enemies would scale proportionally to where you are, which That's I think is really? was was uh, I see. I disagree with that. Really? Because when you're in, in almost any game, if you start out at a lower level before you can just kind of like like skip ahead from like here's mario at level one and he's okay no i'm going straight to koopa uh no there's there's a whole journey to get to that point mm-hmm. uh as opposed to just being able to go anywhere on the map on my second playthrough i i decided to change the experience so i would enjoy it more um because rushing through the game is is something that a lot of people do now even like uh a friend of mine who started playing Outer Worlds finished it in like two days, and he's like, "Okay, now I'm bored." I'm like, no, take the time to appreciate the world space because by the time you, if you just rush through the game, you're going to be over it. Um, that's what I'm doing with Outer Worlds. I'm taking my time with it. You have to. Like, yeah. I swore off fast travel on my second playthrough, so I'm role playing more, where I'll just kind of make my way through an area, uh, plop down a tent, 
and then I'll pick up from that point. Um, because otherwise, just kind of fast traveling around, you don't you miss a lot of the random encounters for one thing, yeah, um, yeah. and then you also miss a lot of the the random spots and Easter eggs that you can kind of stumble across. I get this weird sense of um, anxiety when I play a game that's a big game, like like especially now that I'm playing Outer Worlds, but like with seventy six, where if I don't fast travel. I'm just running constantly, and in the back of my head, I'm like, you could be doing the dishes or washing your laundry. <laughs> you're running through this area that you've already been through for 40 times. We had, uh, early on, um, I'd created a, a faction that was um, kind of like the Crimson Caravan Company. It was the Appalachia okay. Trading Company. And um, we did events where we would have a specific mission and we would set out in caravan formation walking. That's cool. Which, so we kind of walked like Graham around the map to different points and we'd set up a camp. We'd sit around and tell stories in front of the fire. That was kind of an enjoyable experience. That sounds so fun. Yeah. But again, that, it's that you're playing with people. It, that's exactly it. You can't yeah. do that by yourself. If, if I was playing with like, okay, I have a, I have three friends that just started getting back into Grand Theft Auto online. And I'm not a bit. I I don't really like that game. I don't really like GTA Five all that much. I like the older ones, not so much this one. But just to do something with other people, I was like, I'll stop playing Outer Worlds to play with you guys. Right? Yeah. You know it's, what I mean? It's just about to... yeah. It's about hanging out with friends, having a laugh, and just enjoying yeah. each other's company. It doesn't yeah. really matter what you're playing in that regard. But if yeah, you're exactly. just it's if you're just playing you're by yourself, yeah. you you have to have there has to be some meat to the experience. And that's that's what's so weird about it because my favorite thing about a Fallout game is the loneliness, and that's my big thing with with three is that it's these constant themes of loneliness yeah. and having to get through it and being by yourself. And at the end of it, even though it's not the greatest story in the world, at the end of it, you understand like, hey, you know, it's okay to be alone, and like you have to deal with things as they come at you. And like with seventy six, I'm like, I'm alone and I'm bored. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's everything you. What's the saying? What happens when you get everything you ever wanted? You know what I mean. Like it, it almost yeah. makes me think of like I got exactly what I wanted and I hated. Not that I hated. I shouldn't say that because it has merit. It just doesn't have a lot of it. There's a different experience. That loneliness is has a purpose in Fallout Three. The loneliness in Fallout Seventy Six has no purpose at yeah. all. Like there's no there's no point to it. There's no lesson to be learned there. Um, because it's kind of stupid that you, you wake up on your own and everyone's kind of left. Mm -hmm. Um, in our podcast, I wrote a reason for that to set them out individually. It was part of the, the criteria for the Appalachia experiment, mm -hmm. uh, as written by Stanislaus Braun. So on the, the eve of reclamation, everyone was knocked out, dosed out, and then revived one by one to go out on their own. Yeah, and that's why it took it took uh, Simon forever to find uh, Jake and Amato, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, everyone's plans about setting out together and uh, going immediately out together as friends to form a community, build a farm, or uh, the Vault Bro <laughs> CrossFit gym, um, <laughs> yeah. it all kind of fell apart, and everyone just kind of was forcibly scattered. I thought that was an interesting choice. I uh, I really liked it because. Fallout 76, to us, is a game that's, like, meant to be played together, and forcing that 
to be for them to be alone it kind of harkens back to the writing from fallout 3 the loneliness has a purpose right in our instance it was given a purpose because i i found it had none in this game Mm. um so the the reason that they were sent out individually will tie back in with kind of the plot for this season and part of it goes way back to fallout 3 in Mm. what is described as the conditions of vault 76 and what the experiment would be really well cool the terminal entry in the citadel describing vault 76 even though we're off by five years uh yeah i was gonna ask uh, about that yeah in in our purposes i i tied it back into what happened in the enclave bunker at the white spring which someone put together uh all of the hollow tapes and messages uh once you actually get into the enclave bunker on youtube and it's actually worth a listen to because it's in chronological order what happens in there is actually more exciting of a, a plot line and is more dramatic than even the, the one that you experience um, hmm. when you actually see what happened. There's tons of really great lore there. That could be its own kind of podcast uh, or someone should do as like a one-off kind of special because it's really brilliantly constructed and written. Uh, basically, you find out that everything that you step out into the reason that everything has gone to complete shit was because of the enclave. Uh, the liberators were reactivated by the enclave. Uh, the Wait creation of the, the scorched and the scorched beasts. That was all enclave, um, all wow. designed to, to increase the DEFCON status. So basically they were, they, they ended up killing everybody in Appalachia just to be able to regain control of the silos. There's a ton of backstory that goes into that, but uh, in, in our that... yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, in our purposes, uh, the the overseer did get out through an overseer tunnel and get out into the surrounding area and saw the the hellscape that it had become and ended up sabotaging the door, which permanently broke the chronometers on all of the pit boys which is why they're frozen on one date. I don't know if Bethesda will ever explain that, but it bothered me enough that I needed to create a scenario. <laughs> so she was the one that actually let them leave five years later, hoping that by then things would have settled down a little bit. Wow. That's explained in game. Oh, no, no, that's, or, that's in our podcast. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, because like, like, okay, that's something I actually, I, I had written down. I don't know what happened to it. I wanted to congratulate you on actually giving the game story. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but no, like, in everything that's inside of the White Springs, does it just totally negate the oil rig from Fallout 2? Yeah, right? Like, they made it seem like this is the base of operations for the Enclave, and it's like, well, what happened to the oil rig? What happened to Frank Horrigan? What happened to uh, the... Uh, what the hell's his name? President Nixon? No, he, Richardson? President Richardson. Richardson? Yeah. Like, actually, what uh, happened? Was, yeah. uh, there's, all of that is actually explained, but it's not explained well. Uh, like, they did a, a really crap job of, of because this the storyline of, of why things are the way they are and what happened in the Enclave Bunker is really, really fragmented, you don't get a satisfying explanation of that i think they did a really garbage job of of putting it the answer is in there it's explained why that is basically it comes down to uh god i'm trying to remember now because it's been a while since i listened to the video 
I'll send you guys the link because you might want to reshare that for people to listen to. But if you listen to it, it's a YouTube. The person reconstructed them in order so you can hear the whole story. I think it's like 20 minutes, but it explains everything so you yeah. kind of understand what, what the hell happened in Appalachia. Um, God, was it the Commerce Secretary or the Secretary of State? Anyway, he's the one that that got into the bunker and then just kind of wrecked everything. Um the the president never made it into that bunker, even though he was supposed to. And there's a there's a reason for that that escapes me. But um, basically, it was a it was a power play by the secretary of it's either wow. state or energy or something. Do they say the but, president's name? I believe they do. Oh God, I gotta know because that's one thing that like it bothers not bothers me, but it's something that I'm worried like not worried about. I don't know the words that I'm looking for today. I guess concerned with like if you go to if you go to Diamond City. Uh, something that I just thought was interesting is that the Red Sox never won the World Series in 2008 or seven, <laughs> which is something like as 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 a Yankee fan makes me real happy. Like, <laughs> but what kind of hell universe is this? <laughs> um, no, I just it's it's there was a lot of potential that was there, and I didn't want to make this just the let's bash 76 again episode um, because yeah, we do it enough. Yeah, and it's to the point of of, of just exhaustion. Uh, I, I know. I I wanted to make lemons uh, or, or lemonade out of out of lemons. You didn't put the rat poison in, did you? No, I did uh, not. Yeah. You, put, you made gallons of lemonade. But we've uh, even people who hated seventy six have been enjoying the show, if for no other reason that they feel like they can relate to it more and there are characters that they care about where they were given none. Yes, um, exactly. Like when Simon was in the Adam shop and he's like, wait, 24, 2400. Really? <laughs> like, like even like, it's just the little jabs. Yeah. There's a, there's a yeah. lot of that in there. Like even the backpack talking about the, the nonsense. One yeah, of the, the, one of the ghoul kids is complaining, like, why do we even need these, these doing all of this grinding to get a backpack doesn't make any sense. And my retort is simply, there's nothing else to do here. So. I had that written down. I wanted to talk to you about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a, it exists. It's just, uh, they, and again, this comes down to the fact that they cannot tell stories because in every single instance of an event that was created or added on or seasonal content, there was an opportunity for them to do something cool that mm-hmm. just ended up falling flat. The Fastnacht event is by far the most beloved event that has ever been in the game, and they haven't given us more of that experience. I was kind of waiting for like 4th of July where we would have to do some kind of a parade that would bring everyone on a server together to do something like Fasnacht where you, you had to get together as a group and you go on this kind of parade. And that's what people loved about that event. Um, the other events that we had meet week is kind of, okay, let's all scatter on the map and just kill a bunch of stuff, uh, and go to a barbecue. Um, (laughs) even the, the trick or treat event, which I'm currently doing now is fun because you get to just basically blow up the white spring, but a better experience that would have created more community would it be to do something where you have to go trick or treating to other people's houses, which forces you to kind of go explore, check out other people's bases. Because that was essentially the concept behind the vending machines is just to get people to check out each other's houses, but they've kind of wrecked um, 
the ability to to make money off them. So I think that with private servers, there's going to be even less vending. So that's yet another example of something that could have been something great and just kind of wasn't. Right. Okay. uh, One more question then for you. Yeah. Madman Martin Mormon. The radio man. Yes. Is that based on Wolfman Jack? No. Uh, (laughs) That's Mitch Mormon. Um, He, he, he has uh, he has seventy six point one. He has the Vault. Uh, that's its own podcast. Oh really? Oh, yeah. There were so cool. many other Fallout podcasts. Yeah. Uh, he his uh, show is incredibly funny and is far more off color uh, and in your face than than even ours is. Oh, wow. um, it's a lot of sketches and, and a lot of humor. Uh, but he also, uh, he had done radio back in the day, mm. uh, and his mad dog persona was, was his radio personality from back in the day. That's cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Declan, do you want to say anything? Um, no, I just like wanted to thank you for coming on. I've really been thank enjoying, you. uh, listening to Chad and it's been just really fun and it's refreshing to see Appalachia given some like a breath of fresh air into it. And I think you are doing you're doing Todd's work on this one. Thank you. Yeah, they should hook you up when in twenty ninety five when we get the next Fallout game. They should hook you up with something because you've given this game more love than even they've given it. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank um, you so much. You want to go ahead and plug yourself? Yeah, it's uh, Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. You can find us at Fallout 76 podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, we were selected to join Pandora, so you can find us there now. Um, you but, can do uh, that? Yes. Declan, get on that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, there's a, there's a review process where they'll, they'll give a listen, uh, and then decide to, to let you into a, a category, but I'll link huh. you guys cause they just opened it up for submissions. That's neat. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, you can listen, listen to us wherever podcasts are heard. Cool. You want anything else real quick? No, I think that was it. Uh, cool. Yeah, we'll have uh, a Thanksgiving episode coming up this month, and then we're doing something very big for Christmas. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys. It's your boy. Epstein didn't kill himself. And uh, real quick, we had a whole outro with Ken that we recorded, and it was like top 10 segues of all time, in my opinion. Uh, but something happened where the audio and the video got all messed up at the end. Uh, so I'm just doing it quick, doing it right now. Uh, if you like our theme song, we love it. Give it a listen. Don't download it cause we're using it, but you could also find a bunch of other free tunes, uh, by our man Shane Ivers, but our link is silvermansounds.com slash free music slash feather duster. Uh, make sure you listen to us anywhere podcasts are sold, be it the Spotify, the Stitcher, the CastBox, Pandora apparently has it now. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube, which I think is the premiere. The premiere. Why is my voice doing that? I don't know if you can hear that on the video or not, but the premiere way to listen to the show because you get the, visu- the visual aspect of it. Um, 
And we also have a Redbubble where you can buy merch and whatnot if you like. Uh, you can buy yourself a clock or a shirt or a sticker or a sweatshirt or a fucking towel, I think, or a bag. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I'm getting everything. It's hard to do it when Declan's not around. Uh, so, all right. Here's the thing. If you like the show and you want to contribute towards the show, you want to see the show get just a little bit bigger and a little bit better, you can find us on Patreon. It's just Patreon uh dot com slash atomic radio hour or you can find all of our links is pretty much atomic radio hour on twitter you can find my links to my twitter in the description declan's twitter links in the bottom as well i'm all over the place declan's not here to keep me in check i apologize but our patreon if you want to see the show get a little bigger a little better a little stronger a little harder a little faster follow us on patreon you can throw us a couple bucks. It's not mandatory. There's a few people that have thrown us a couple dollars. Uh, I gotta shout them out real quick. Uh Gage Thanks, homeboy. One of those guys who's always in our Discord. Discord, how did I forget? Join Discord. It's like Reddit, but not cringe. Um, there's also Jordan, another newbie. We got Mason H., who's coming back again. We got the man Noah, who just picked up the fucking Keyforge set weeks before it's supposed to come out. And the OG of all OGs, the friendly companion cube. Uh, yeah. Uh, alright, let's see if my green screen skills look like garbage. And again, you should be watching on fucking YouTube because I'm learning how to green screen and trying to teach myself how to edit and make memes and shit. So, alright everybody, thanks for sticking around and I want to thank Ken again from, uh, from Chad. Uh, thanks for coming on. Guys, go check his shit out. It's great. Uh, he's actually putting story into a game that is devoid of story. Um, uh, he's a good guy. It was a really, really nice conversation we had. Um, all right, everybody. Wear clean underwear and make sure you wipe twice. Bye. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast.